0: Welcome to episode 85 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas
1: and I am Daniel
0: and today we are talking about the Muppets take Manhattan as we continue our trip through the Muppets film franchise and this is directed by Frank Oz. So Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb
1: synopsis for this one? just one second. So Kermit and his friends go to New York City to get their musical on Broadway only to find it's a more difficult task than they anticipated. Thomas, what did you think of The Muppets Take Manhattan? I
0: thought it was great. I thought it was uh, interesting. This movie reminds me a lot of, if you sort of look at uh, like the modern trilogy sort of context, the movies sort of do these days. This movie feels like it would fit really well as like the somber second chapter of one of those kind of franchises where it starts off really fun and then it gets really dark in the second shot. This, this feels like that kind of movie where the Muppets get really geared up to go on an adventure to New York City and New York City is rough. New York City's not easy on them and so it's not easy. So I like the conflict. It is uh, kind of weird to see like a movie like a Muppet movie be this sort of sad and this have this weird yeah. This weird um vibe of like failure in dealing with it and perseverance and having that like be like the through line of it But I don't know it ends up being really fun like still really funny a lot of great guys I like the uh, the correspondence that happens between like the the Muppets that go off on on their own adventures and then like they're like, reading it inside of the like, the, the diner, the greasy spoon, which is its own just insane, <laughs> like, whole sub piece. But, yeah, it, it's good. It's, like, I don't know. I, I, it, it does feel like it suffers from some of the same problems of the other two where it's not super connected. It's, like, once they get there and they don't get the, the contract, then it's, like, okay, well, they're kind of just effing around in the city a little bit. So, it's, like, that gets a little bit weird and tedious And it does when it feels like it drags a little bit where I, it was the first time I felt like a little bit bored towards the end of it, but I know it has an amazing climax that sort of saves it. So what do you think?
1: Um, So I've said before that I think this is my favorite one. And I think it's so, so watching that going into this movie with that in mind that like, Oh, I've really liked this one previously. I want to say it's still my favorite, but I, (laughs) I have a hard time putting into words why exactly that is. Um, it feels like this is the one that has the clearest through line. Um like the the it feels like the diversions are fairly minimal in this one. It's it's pretty light on the gags. It feels more like a straight movie rather than this um you know almost sketch comedy style uh, assembling of like a gag and uh I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. least yeah. <laughs>
0: you know? compared to the second and first one where the Yeah it gets way wackier
1: so i think i think this one feels like more more cohesive plot wise until we get to a point where i don't think we need to worry about spoilers in this, <laughs> but uh kermit gets hit by a car and he get, gets amnesia like that feels kind of out of nowhere and it is like this weird uh a little bit of a diversion however it's also oh, it also has my favorite joke which is you're enrico tortellini from Passaic, New Jersey. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's like,
0: I don't feel Italian, yeah. I like, the, she gives him like, the physical, she like, twists his arm and he's like, oh, oh. he's just like twist back, it's like, yeah, they, like, it, it's really silly, they have a good time with it, but yeah, that detour, once that showed up, I was like, oh, that's interesting, yeah, he like, meets the the business people like the business frogs it's uh he's uh he's Phil and then there's uh Jill Bill and and Gil and so they're like this, yeah. yeah so they do this like, whole gag where they're all like they eat the same thing and they're like, all like super similar frogs really, really like mild mannered and like, the dynamic between
1: yeah seeing him be able to play against three other frogs that are all v- basically similar personalities <laughs> similar uh mannerisms and stuff it's delightful
0: yeah um, he, he's like, they're a chorus like they're just like they work like mm. as a unit yeah yeah they all nod in unison basically yeah yeah wag
1: of their heads <laughs> just a little shake of the hand
0: yeah but yeah since this movie yeah 1984 we can sort of avoid spoilers what do you think of the uh like cameos in this movie because that's like, one of the big aspects of these muppet these muppet pictures is we need some some people in this in this movie to sort of to lead us through so yeah this one i don't know a lot of them went over my
1: head again because i'm sort of out of that generation
0: but there's some depth i'd recognize
1: a lot of the cameos it feels like they just show up maybe say one line and then leave uh they don't really fulfill a comedic role i feel like the way they do in the other movies like there's some like obviously like um joan rivers has like a pretty comedic presence in here um lisa manelli gets a comedic scene playing herself But, like, Brooke Shields is just at the diner. And, like, um, what's his name? John Landis. I don't even think he has a line. I think he's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, Disgraced. (laughs) Disgraced. Uh, Hollywood disgraced John Landis.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, Elliot Gould has, like, a line. And I was like, okay, I sort of recognized him. Um, Also, the person that hands... Well, sorry, the person who has their roller skates commandeered by miss piggy yeah. that's like a, a famous guy I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the moment um, uh, gregory hines yeah yeah that's another another person's like making cameo uh, yeah so i feel like if this was a theater in 1984 this would hit like a marvel movie and people would be like oh yeah, it's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> which makes me cameos. it so it's like watching these movies i feel like i get a little exhausted because i'm like it's it's this is the same problem that we have with like the purge movies and stuff with a lot of these movies that we do franchise runs of it's like oh we're kind of revisiting the same material um it's not with with the muppets it's not that they're repeating material you know we're not getting repeated jokes really but it's just um i don't know it it, everything kind of feels the same when you watch them all back to back uh however as i'm watching this movie i'm like really eager to watch one of the newer ones because I want to know like how does this translate into a contemporary movie like what are the cameos like what sort of jokes are they making
0: yeah I feel that way and also feel that way like we're all about to hit like the meat
1: of it which is like the two genre pieces of
0: uh Treasure Island and uh, or Christmas Carol and then Treasure Island which are yeah. like two of them like they sort of really get crazy with it the ones where I'm yeah. like okay now we're way.
1: adapting other works
0: Where they really like have fun with it in a way where they're they're having fun here but it's more of like yeah it's like we're in new york city we're doing kind of like new york stuff i like rizzo the rat kind of having you know we have i feel it's definitely some proto ratatouille vibes happening i think one of
1: the rats is just named (laughs) (laughs) Tatouille. yeah that's great
0: yeah like all of them sort of just like inhabiting this kitchen and the the customers being revolted by it is great but I also love when they are used with Kermit's scheme for the Whisper campaign. and yeah. they go. And, uh, I
1: love that scene. Fantastic I, scene. <laughs> if I could have
0: any piece of artwork, <laughs> like if I could oh, man, be with great. with the, the Kermit, yeah, <laughs> he puts up on there. And yeah, and lies. Yeah, so sad. She's like, "What did I do wrong?" And like she sells it so well. She's she just like it's like really disappointed that her picture got taken off the wall. And yeah, everyone's just like, "Who is this Kermit? Who is this guy?" <laughs> it's producer.
1: I love seeing Kermit with a mustache. Totally yeah. solid. Yeah, Give I me think more it, of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think yeah, this movie is definitely the best, like a really good place for that because it's like the whole thing. We're oh, we're doing something on Broadway, and so. Like, we have a friend, a new female character that is, like, a costume designer, so she gets to make little stuff for him. Yeah, I love when she gives him the little producer outfit with Afro, and he just talks his way into the producer's room and drops the the script off and just, like, just keeps talking and just doesn't allow them to get a word in edgewise and gets out. (laughs) Which
1: kind of of brings us to something that's a little weird in this movie, which is... uh... The way women are treated, basically, <laughs> like so when when Kermit goes to that office and he's like um the way he's talking to the secretary there, yes, uh, yes, it's very much like I don't know if he calls her sweet cheeks or anything like that, but he has this like similar attitude where he's like, "Oh, thanks, doll." Sort of. Thing. I think
0: yeah, I think the lines like "I love your hair, don't change a thing," type of thing.
1: Yeah, but then like the movie starts with animal chasing a woman uh through a yes. crowd, and everyone's just kind of like laughs it off. We get uh, Grizzo commenting on one of the other rats. Her name's Yolanda. On her body, saying she has like a great yeah, body. Yeah, he's like
0: definitely like would need to get a sexual harassment seminar for how he's treating her in the workplace. He's like very much just like he's crossing all the lines.
1: And then there's a scene of construction workers catcalling Miss Piggy. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's, there's
0: actually, I think there's uh, one more too. There's, there's like might be one more instance where another character something kind of weird happens. I think, oh um, the female member of Doctor Teeth, something like. Uh, I think it's like Gonzo's like mentioning to her about uh, like doing like a nude scene or something, and she's oh, like, I'm gosh, not sure. Yeah, yeah she's <laughs> like, I don't like, I'm not gonna do that like, uh, like on screen or something like that. And I was just like, whoa, that's like a weird line to have in there. That he, like, he's like trying to like get that from her. But yeah, this weird shit for sure in this.
1: Yeah, it's weird because it's like the Muppets occupy this space where it's it's not really for kids; it's for families. Like it, it's uh, yeah, it's not child; it's not directed to children. It's just appropriate for children for the most part.
0: Correct. Uh, it's like it's uh, yeah, it's not supposed to scare them, but it's also like you know, there's things for the, yeah the, the it, whole
1: spectrum. It basically. lives in a. It occupies an interesting space. Um, which I don't know, like, what movies occupy that space nowadays, where it's, like, not for kids necessarily. It's not directed to kids, but... Uh, um, they can
0: show up. <laughs> uh, uh, did you see uh, Multiverse of Madness?
1: Oh, I did. I've... Okay, yeah, we can have a conversation about that. Let's save that yeah, for what have you been watching. I, I've... What you
0: just said reminded me of that, where I was just like, oh, this is this is getting kind of extremely, yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, there's also the illegal joke when uh Kermit saying something about like I need a permit to go like kill to, to like go shoot someone or something like that or like oh, a yeah. body and he's just like nah like he wouldn't go do that. It's another like adult joke in this movie and yeah, I don't know. It's the whole thing is just quite darker and yeah, it's it definitely shows that yeah, Frank Oz was trying to give give them something more to, to process, but also in the pro and give sorry, giving some more to, to chew on, but I think in the process of that it might have, yeah
1: gotten a little bit kind of that grimy 80s comedy yeah vibe. it's a different vibe i do like i think maybe part of the reason i like this movie though is because i love a big city movie i love you know yeah. homeward bound getting lost in san francisco i love home alone getting lost in new york <laughs> and here we go the muppets uh big city muppets may have been an alternate title i don't know but um big city muppets yeah i love that sort of uh, late 80s, you know, uh, this was late 80s. Oh, it was 84. But I love that 80s, like, New York vibe. Uh, The me Mutant Ninja Turtles (laughs) movies, you know, similar New York vibe.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely has that texture. Like, one thing, one scene that really stood out to me is the scene where Miss Piggy gets her purse stolen by the the burglar guy, and he's sort of like, there's this scene where we're, like, following him through Central Park, and he's just like, Going through puddles and like, t- like you know, jumping through rocks and shit, and it's like I don't know this is very tactile. That scene feels like, oh yeah, I feel like I am there along with this like chase, and yeah, it's like just <laughs> starts taking things out of it. And it keeps going, and he pulled an entire like buzz saw, with, like a handsaw. It's, like, <laughs> it's such a great gag. It's just like yeah, I just love those little moments where it, just,
1: it stays silly, but it also it has yeah that energy and that it just feels kinetic. But it is anywhere. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting the way this movie illustrates New York, where it's like, okay, we got a muddy we got a mugging. Uh, yeah. One of the first things they do is they talk to a talent agent who just keeps talking about shootings. in the state. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to have construction workers sexually harassing this piggy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, what are I don't I don't know. It's yeah. We got to have a Greek. Uh, we, I have a diner with a Greek dude who tries to give you advice and can't quite do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: not to be too grand, but I was expecting more uh, World Trade Center photography, but there wasn't any. Yeah, I interesting. That, that wasn't really a part of it. At least, like, I don't know. At least if you go back to New York movies of the '80s and '90s, you're going yeah. to get some like some really sweet shots of the World Trade Center. And so know, that wasn't quite here, but I don't know. Uh, just yeah, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like, think I, don't I, think
1: I <laughs> saw the Statue of Liberty even.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. I agree. Um, it avoids the tropes. It, it kind of it's more uh, in the soil, of New York. On it's the more ground. About, it's, more yeah. about it's more about Broadway. It's about it's about making soup inside of the kitchen pulling yourself up from your bootstraps. One uh, sequence I need to point out that I really love is all of them up and sort of going back and doing like their respective jobs or whatever. So Scooter goes to the movie theater, he's handing out three D glasses. That's kinda of cool. Um the chef. Love yeah. the chef. But Fozzie goes back to Hibernate, which I thought was just was just so clever and funny that he goes there, but like he's bad at it. And so he's just yeah. like, Well I don't I need some warm milk <laughs> and like yeah, and the the female bear sort of starts to cuddle with him and he gets a little scared. He wants his buddy Kermit to help him and yeah, I just thought that was really cool, and then yeah, Ralph being the like the receptionist at a, like a kennel.
1: Yeah, very weird. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't know, like, is like Ralph a traitor to his own kind? <laughs> like...
0: No, he seemed to be on their side because once the humans walked away, they're all kind of joking and like yeah. on the on the same side. And he
1: ba- he seemed to bailed them out at the end. They're all participating yeah. in the show, so yeah. I guess it worked out. He was he was dismantling the system from the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Um also a very well behaved actual
0: dog <laughs> in that scene that like yeah just very still. <laughs> yeah, Schnockums. Very well behaved. Always oh, gotta give props to a well behaved uh, stage animal animal yeah. on screen.
1: So yeah, I'm interested to see they are gonna be pivoting from just these sort of freeform, you know, normal Muppet movies to adapting other works with Treasure Island and Christmas Carol. Yeah. Like it does that make like apparently they stopped doing it after those two they haven't they haven't done it with anything else yeah so would it be a good idea to return to that uh, was it a good idea to move away from it I, yeah. I, we have yet to see
0: <laughs> but... yeah also before we finish talking about this movie I just want to mention just some of the songs I thought were sort of standouts so I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the together again opener that was a really nice yeah. way to sort of get everything started and also you can't take no for an answer i saw someone on letterbox sort of mention that that's like a good like ethos that ties with jim henson sort of shopping the muppets around originally and him getting a lot of no's or like when it first started and like sort of having to go uh, overseeing yeah it's like being very persistent you can't take no for an answer sung by rolf which sort of ties into the whole that's the the first
1: yeah muppet
0: and lastly, sort of on uh, an annoying note, the song um, "Right Where I Belong" right now is being used like on a Verbo ad which is like
1: oh yeah i keep seeing that it's
0: everywhere but it's such a gorgeous song yeah it's it's, (laughs) it's a great song when it showed up in this movie i was like oh man like i got like the the chills i usually get when a needle drop is done appropriately in a movie and i was just like oh fuck like when he like comes out of his amnesia and he's like oh like look at me here i am it's just it's
1: it's really well these they do such a fucking good job with the music in these movies yeah yeah um like I don't know. What is it about hearing Kermit sing a song where it's like kind of beautiful? <laughs>
0: it's just that innocence, that like, it's the yeah, vulnerability.
1: It's like, we know it's silly that this guy has this voice, but it's very, tu- I, I guess it's very touching to see this comedic puppet character, which like puppets, you know, being associated with children's entertainment, singing a song that is very real uh, and speaks yeah. to very real human emotions yeah yeah it's it's really
0: gorgeous and yeah i can see why this is like your favorite because it, it, it is very surprising very strange very dark and, and i enjoyed it quite a bit
1: um uh, shall we get into doctor strange <laughs> uh, lastly i just want to read
0: one thing about uh actually no yeah let's get into it
1: well uh, well we didn't mention muppet babies though Thoughts on the Muppet Babies? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it was that was kind of strange. That was one thing where I was like, okay, like this is where my memory starts to come back. I'm like, oh yeah, like Muppet Babies were like a part of my childhood. A little too cutesy at times, and even here as an adult, I'm like, this segue is a little too much. It's, very <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's um like what genre of music? I feel like a doo-wop song, kind of like it's it's a really high energy yeah, yeah. piano-driven God. song, and yeah, it's just like. Uh, fozzy doing the waka waka like on the on the downbeat is just it's just like yeah it's it's really playful and upbeat but yeah listen to it once and then never
1: again it was kind of so i i when i was a kid i grew up watching the muppet Babies cartoon and so i didn't see this movie until adulthood and it kind of blew my mind yeah. like they like whoa there were puppets of these guys yeah like i just thought they were animated
0: that's um, great yeah, it's yeah that, that whole sequence is just an entire trip. Um, but yeah, the thing I was gonna read, um, just sort of just to give a quick summary. Robert Roger Ebert really enjoyed this movie, and sort of he was not quite. He's sort of like on the fence with the first two, but it seems like he sort of came back around on this one. And one of the experts of sorry one of the excerpts of his review was uh, Kermit. This may come as a shock, but you're Mickey Rooney in a frog suit. Think about it. You're short. You're cute. You never say die, you keep smiling, you have a philosophy for everything, you appear only in wholesome G-rated movies, and sex bombs like Liza Minnelli only kiss you on the cheek. (laughs) So so I just thought that was really funny that he just really gave Kermit his props, sort
1: of talking to him in first person. Of Kermit. Yeah, got him. So shall we transition into Doctor Strange? Shall we introduce it like a normal episode, Doctor Strange? Um... I don't think so. I think we just sort of get some thoughts on it because I don't have too
0: much to say on it. I think it was just more about... Yeah, I didn't take notes or anything. Yeah, just more of just mentioning about, like, oh, yeah, like, a G-movie like The Muppets is sort of meant to be a a broad sort of thing for families. But with Marvel, it's like, oh, yeah, it's more geared towards the older teen kind of audience, you could say, whatever. But it's still, like, a PG-13 movie that you will see kids at for sure 100 yeah. percent. so i think, wear
1: like captain america shirts and spider-man shirts and shit
0: so. yeah so I, yeah i'm just kind of wondering like if seeing reed richards get like <laughs> so cool just, like, <laughs> yeah it's, like, get just like completely filleted or like the, the black bolt death was like shock i was like yeah <laughs> people were
1: like audibly like people gasped in our audience
0: like yeah. whoa <laughs> Yeah, well, first, like, the, the mouth thing always takes you back to, like, the Matrix and the Neo. It's like, that's just like the whole having your mouth be covered skin-wise is already horror in itself, but then
1: the brain. It's, yeah, Was it's just, there it's so, so much? Okay. So he screams or something silently because he doesn't have a mouth. And. Does the back of his head cave in? Is there smoke that comes out of it? I'm like struggling to remember. I feel like it caves in.
0: I'm pretty sure it's coming from the voice box up, and then so it's just like the sound waves. Yeah. I think also, I'm not 100% sure. We should definitely ask the listeners who are more uh, versed in Black Bolt. Power stuff, but I think it's also connected to his brain in some way too. Where it's like a, oh I don't know, it's like a voice and brain thing. That's why he has the the thing on his forehead. But I
1: could be wrong. So there was a Inhumans show, and he didn't have the little tuning fork on his head in that. Um, Yeah. So this costume I think is more comic accurate, but yeah, I'm not sure about the history of that character. But what did you think overall of? Um. So probably within the first forty minutes. I was like, this is fucking horrible. Like, I I hate this. Like, this movie's stupid. Should I leave? (laughs) Like, uh, I thought, like, the expository dialogue was some of the worst in all of these movies. Uh, The moments where it's just, like, characters, actors standing in front of a green screen just delivering exposition. I was absolutely hating it. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second half, like, basically after the first 40 minutes, they get all that stuff out of the way. It's just, like, it's all front-loaded. And then it's just Sam Raimi making a Sam Raimi movie and having a ton of fun, like, with Doctor Strange and, like, the world of Marvel. And that's when I told it, like, won me over again. Like, I had a great time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I, I don't like the writing, but I appreciate how much fun he's having with, with the camera and, like, with these, you know, little puppet characters uh speaking of puppets yeah that's how i feel about you know these characters and the way he like throws them around in the frame yeah there's uh,
0: some times i legitimately felt like uneasy with the way that the camera was moving
1: and just i was digging it man i was like so uh, yeah i was having a blast (laughs) like as soon as yeah we're spoiling the whole movie we already spoiled reed richards (laughs) and Black Bolt, but um when i when you when i realized that they were doing zombie doctor strange i, yeah. I was so like on board with that yeah yeah 100 percent on board with
0: that yeah i was definitely really into that um i had a few the few times I actually like was audible in the theaters when yeah i said uh, hell
1: yeah as soon as I yeah, I was like, yeah i was like
0: Fuck yeah it was like, he comes back as a zombie and he's yeah doing all yeah all the contortions was great but uh, i also appreciated just like the the oh, way my, that the build up uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay uh, so it's just gonna be uh, audio. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the build-up of uh, Scarlet Witch's rampage through the Illuminati. I thought I, it's it, it sort of set up as, like, yeah, like these, it's like a grand thing of cameos thing. Like, you know, it's going to be, and I, it, I don't know, it felt like it was going to go in the No Way Home direction, but it, it sort of was just abruptly cut off by just this, I don't know, just she's just t- picking everybody
1: off really quickly and
0: it just was very alarming and I'd like that tonal shift where it's just like oh no these guys are not going to make it out
1: it was weird because I expected them to do more with the multiverse concept like us seeing more wacky weird universes but it feels like it's really just a device to give us like variations on characters we already know or uh, yeah Reed Richards and Professor X like characters that you know introducing new characters to the marvel world um yeah and which feels like kind of a missed opportunity but at the same time it, it kind of feels like they gave sam raimi a movie and it was gonna be a multiverse movie and he was like well i'm just gonna make the movie i want to make <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, it definitely That we get that nice sequence when America sort of jumps uncontrollably and they go through that little sequence of a bunch yeah. of different areas. But, but yeah, but besides that, it's like, yeah, like if you want to see a multiverse movie, go see everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And that, that will truly take your mind. Because it's <laughs> and
1: like the, it most, the most different universe stuff we get is like, oh, these cars drive on the red light and <laughs> pizza is served in ball form. Like, that's about it. Aside from that little, you know, jump through the universes. Uh,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I like with with the Daniels. They're doing like an existential like breakdown of family and being an immigrant and sort of yeah. like sexuality and all this stuff. And with Marvel, it's like, where where can we eat? Like, where can we get pizza? in Multiverse. Yeah. Like, what multiverse has pizza? It's like, okay, like. I am, I'm not 15. This is, like, not funny to me. Like, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, when it gets, you know, the spirits of the damned, like, sort of, um, or, like, sort of berating him for using these forbidden magic and sort of, like, him having to control it. It's just, yeah, it's just really small stuff like that. It's like, yeah, this fucking the Sam Raimi shit that yeah. we love to see. <laughs>
1: um, and they do try and, like, give it some sort of emotional core by having a... I feel like more time is spent on his relationship with um, Rachel McAdams' character in this movie than even the first movie. Yeah. Right. Um, it feels way more developed, and I don't know. Like, there's... I think it's easier for the audience to connect with it emotionally. Um, so I guess if there's anything, like, to celebrate in terms of the writing, it's, it's that component of it. Um, but, like, we're how many movies into this? It's like over 20 movies into this. And so I think this is the 25th. Yeah. So it's just, you got to cram a lot of shit. into
0: these. Yeah. And in, in its defense, I think it does manage to, to focus mainly on Dr. Strange and not have it be too, like, cause yeah. it obviously they could have gone to Loki or uh Krang or like, they could have really gone a lot further with what they were sort of touching on. But yeah, it does. I feel like there is a little bit. It's gonna sound like a, a contradiction, but I feel like there was a little bit of restraint in that way, where it's like even like the the two post-credit scenes we get. Sometimes in Marvel movies, they are like in Eternals, where it's leading us in all these other di- different directions. But here, one of them is just another teaser for a, a Doctor Strange story, and another one yeah. is just a, a joke. Like a, it's actually. An I Evil like that joke. joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like an Evil Dead reference all together. So it's great. So it kind of just takes us back to we're just in this one movie, and I'm I'm okay with that. We don't have to meet another seven people or have like a face changer. Yeah, it's not building up.
1: <laughs> it's not setting up too much, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so if I it... see
0: one more person get inside of a a black car that drives off and their face changes, <laughs> I'm gonna be so pissed. Wait, what was that? That was at the. Oh, uh, that of, was a uh, uh... Moon
1: Knight, right? No, I actually haven't seen Moon Knight, but I think it was
0: at the end of one of the
1: Avengers movies or okay. something. Well, something like that happens in Moon... Did you watch Moon Knight? You didn't watch it? No, but that's hilarious. Okay, it's funny that, yeah. It's not that that happens, but there is a person driving off in a car, and they're not who they seem.
0: <laughs> that's so funny, yeah. You had a, a, that same sort of... You called something out perfectly with the Shippendale trailer, so I just did the same thing. Oh, goodness.
1: Uh, I do appreciate that Zombie Doctor Strange was practical. uh, Largely practical. Um, Feels like... Yeah, like, sometimes it feels... I I think what I appreciate about this movie is that as I'm watching it, I can feel the audience divided. Like, because it's not what they're used to. And it sort of feels like he, over the course of the movie, tricks them into watching one of his own movies and not... Uh, solely a marvel movie Uh, yeah
0: but i had a really interesting moment when i had that that exact same thought is in the period between when betsy ross was like fighting against scarlet wish now i like betsy ross i think the concept is really cool and when she did the whole oh i can do this all day i was like oh yeah that's great and she gets killed literally 10 (laughs) seconds later and the guy next to me was like yeah it's like yeah she's fucking dead and i was like yeah so we were sort of like just rooting for opposite things i thought that was really cool
1: um i hope that john krasinski is not uh, reed richards i'm just i don't like john krasinski yeah I, i'm sort of with you on that yeah i know it's, good, it's, it's like good
0: ryan gosling
1: <laughs> uh people are saying uh the dude from uh, the guy who looks like john krasinski from uh midnight mass <laughs> you know what i'm talking oh, about okay. yeah yeah that guy
0: that he could be good yeah he I would was like be really do
1: that good.
0: Yeah, you could be good. But yeah, I don't, I just appreciate, I, don't, I like seeing sort of the updated costumes. I thought that when yeah when they do those sort of practical things well, it looks really great. And yeah, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I do agree it, it is uneven. That's the best way to sort of say it.
1: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind. I got A-list. I wouldn't mind going to see it in 3D and just uh, sitting around for as long as I need to before. I get bored, I guess.
0: I feel that. I almost saw it in 3D because they have the $2 Tuesdays or $5 oh, Tuesdays. Nice. I was like, I could see it in 3D for $7, but I just chose oh, really? to see okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have you been watching this week? I've um, been watching, I'm all caught up on all my prestige TV, mm-hmm. but I'm mostly going to talk about other things i watched um so yeah i basically caught up with on cinema at the cinema up okay. until the point up until the point where you have to pay for it so like i'm not gonna pay oh, for yeah, but, yeah. the high network i'm sorry tim heidecker i know you're a frequent fan of the show frequent listener but uh, not gonna be able to, to pay a, a little short on money at the moment but yeah i watched mr america and uh, yeah it's cool it's like the little like movie that sort of is in between i think seasons 10 and 11 and it's about like his campaign run in uh, san bernardino for the dea and it's just i don't know, have. have you seen it no i haven't gosh uh, it's just a a really short little mockumentary they shot it in like three and a half days and it's just like uh, it's it's really interesting because it's just him doing his thing it's like it has a lot of those like gags that are familiar with uh that are sorry, it has a lot of gags that have been on on cinema, like sort of a lot of like similar jokes or whatever. But it also does things like he does like a little town hall, or it goes around putting up signs in restaurants and stuff, and it's 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 kind of funny just to sort of see him do the on the foot thing, like the like the. Character on the ground getting jokes out of people, but it doesn't go as far as I would want it to be to go Like I feel like they shot most of it in the hotel that they were at with him and this other character his campaign manager So I think it sort of falls short a little bit, but it's definitely worth a watch It is really funny, but so yeah after I finished on cinema at the cinema I did a little pivot and started watching all of the old like uh, adult swim infomercials from 2014 to like 2019 and i think did you ever recommend to me this house has people in it i feel I've like i've seen you...
1: it i i don't know if i brought it up on the show or not but okay because i watched that
0: because that was the one that kept the name kept popping up the most and so i watched that and it it like come like blew blew my fucking mind this yeah. shit was insane i'm bummed i wasn't able to like be a part of like that way because i always like watched adult swim on tv but i never got to see any of these live i think the only one i saw live was like the the book of christ that was like the only one i ever got to see like actually on tv but if our listeners are interested in some really strange 10 minute horror uh this house has people in it by alan resnick
1: i'm pretty uh, sure there cool. are like multiple hour long analysis of that on youtube yeah, <laughs> yeah it's deep
0: it's like a, a alternate reality game attached to it oh really like, yeah yeah like, or at least the, that's what I was reading about it. I don't know how much of it's still active. And so I think that's like a, big, a big part of those things is like keeping uh, websites updated and having new things show up. And so this all came out in like 2014. So I don't know if it's like actually, it's all on YouTube now. Every Like all of it's out there. Yeah. Okay. But um, last thing I want to mention, I finally got to watch The Dark Crystal. I got oh, <laughs> went to really? Walmart. Okay. Yeah, I went to Walmart and bought a, a in the bargain bin for five dollars. It was a Dark Crystal Labyrinth double feature. So I said I have to have this on the shelf. Take this home and yeah, <laughs> Dark Crystal is really freaky. I really enjoyed it. I love the like bird, like uh, vulture like like puppets the ske- or whatever s-
1: uh skexies yeah
0: the skexies like i like really enjoy them like yeah like the jin uh, character like it's a little weird it's like sort of hard to get like connect with that cuz it is like not I don't, uh, with the with Labyrinth, it's better with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. Oh, he's like, yeah. people. But with that, it's a little bit stranger, A little
1: stranger. freaky little uh, <laughs> <person>.
0: <laughs> more uncanny valley yeah. play <laughs> territory. But, um, yeah, still really enjoyed it. It's like, yeah, it, it is a trip. It is like, it has like all of those like quirky Jim Henson things, but yeah, it's just a little more, more darker, a little bit more obscure. And yeah, it so, feels
1: like a heavy metal album or something. Yeah,
0: it's it's strange. Dark Crystal is is definitely, definitely worth a watch, and so yeah, shout out to Jim Henson. As always, I continue to give him more props as we watch more of these movies. And so, yeah, that's about it. What have you been watching?
1: Uh, the only thing I got to mention is uh, this was a rewatch for me. Um, the movie Last Night from 1998. Have I told you about Last Night? Um, it's from... <laughs> it's written, directed, and starring this guy Don McKellar. He's a Canadian actor. And um, the movie... I, I guess he was... somebody reached out to him and said hey we want you to like write a movie about the end of the millennium um you know we're gonna have we're doing this project it's gonna be seven films about the the end of the millennium and he started working on that he was like this is gonna be aged as soon as it releases like why would i make this movie about the end of the millennium and so he decided that instead he wanted to make a movie about the end of the world and so he started interviewing his friends and family and just asking them if the world was going to end on this day uh what would you how how would you spend your last day on earth like and so people were just giving him their answers and he used all of those answers to come make this movie um and so it's it's a little bit of like a dark comedy uh, a little uh, quite quite a bit of a drama um but it's yeah it, it it's not the characters aren't really doing anything particularly extravagant uh there's a lot less like panic in the streets than you would expect uh there is there is a bit of that there are like people out there you know flipping cars over and running around with guns trying to you know get their uh, rocks off before everything ends uh, but there's also just like people pretending that the last day on earth is christmas uh or you know, people, there's a character who's just trying to check off uh, all of his fetishes before the world ends. Um, and it's a, it feels really, it's bleak, but it's also, you know, kind of funny. It's also, it's sad, sometimes it's charming, sometimes it's hopeful even. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's one of those movies where it feels like it's, it's given you everything. <laughs> it's a movie about being human and it's given you everything, and I, I love it, I, I think it's a great movie. I think it would pair well with, uh, there's this movie Afterlife where, I, I, I'm not sure if I've told you about that, but um, uh, this Japanese movie where people when they die, they go to this office where they're interviewed and they're asked uh, which one memory they would like to keep with them into the afterlife. Um, that's a pretty good one because they're interviewing real people. And so it's, it's another one of these situations where real people's stories are, you know, being incorporated into this, uh, this movie. But, uh, I think it would also be a good pair with the movie Miracle Mile, which is this movie about, um, a guy who, uh, he meets this girl, they go on a date, um, they set up a time for another date. He's like head over heels for, her. uh, he goes to a diner where they're supposed to meet. He's, he's, several hours late she's already left and he's super bummed and the phone rings at the uh the payphone he wanders over he answers it and it's a call from this man who is saying that nuclear weapons have been launched (laughs) and they are headed for la and he he's dialed the wrong number basically uh and so now this man knows that you know los angeles is going to be nuked and he has to find this woman that he loves so that they can leave the city together <laughs> oh, wow. um, before everything falls apart. Um, yeah. yeah, some good... I think it would be a good little, uh, you know, looking death in the face trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. very into it. Yeah, so for next
0: week, um, yeah, you sort of chose a kind of, somewhat like of an absurd comedy from, I think yeah, it was from the 90s. Yeah, so yeah, that was... Uh, Clifford. Yeah, Clifford was like a little absurd little detour. And yeah. like the detour I'm going to take is somewhat in a similar vein and kind of related to what I've been watching on the side. So I've been watching a lot of on cinema at the cinemas. So you told me about the character Neil Hamburger. So I'm yeah. going to choose movie Entertainment oh, okay, 2015. Cool. Uh, have you seen it?
1: I've seen it uh, okay. and I've been interested to rewatch it. So,
0: okay. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it because, um, yeah, I've been trying to watch. Um, the comedy as well but i just haven't got a chance to get time to watch it but uh i might end up watching both uh, over the course of the weekend but yeah that's one a little bit more recent it has john c riley and he's in the laker show that i really like and yeah i've been wanting to see some more john c riley so i think it'd be a good choice
1: oh cool. yeah i'm excited
0: cool all right well it's been episode 85 of vague zone if you'd like to contact us you can email us vague zone pod at gmail.com. If you like to tweet at us, hit us up at VagueZone on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking and what you're watching. Yeah, this has been episode 85. I'm Thomas.
1: And I am Daniel.
0: Catch you on the next one.
1: That's <laughs> cool.